America, you look like you need a holiday, a fair income holiday. In the land of wonder, the land down under. Now there's a few things I've got to warn you about. Firstly, you're going to get wet. Because the place is surrounded by water. Oh, and you're going to have to learn to say good day. Because every day's a good day in Australia. G'day, Paul. G'day, love. Apart from that, no worries. You'll have the time of your life in Australia. Because we talk the same language. Although you lot do have a funny accent. Come on. Come and say g'day. I'll slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for you. Come and say g'day. Invasion. First Strike. Extra. Featuring material from DC Comics' holiday 1988 cover dated Power of the Atom number 7, The Story Behind Enemy Lines by Roger Stern, Graham Nolan, K.S. Wilson, and more. Kronos broke off hostilities with the Atom to address the greater menace of thinly veiled yellow peril Fu Manchu ETs crossing the border into Australia? So it's definitely 1988. The year Wolverine was both the shrimp and the Barbie. Welcome her. Wait, she's not joining the X-Men, is she? She's just a kid. Kronos had popped in a VHS tape to record the Dominators and Cuns demanding Earth imprison its metahuman population. And if I recall correctly, Invasion was where the term metahuman got popularized at DC Comics. There's also footage of the alien alliance surrounding the Earth with an armada of battleships. So Kronos tries to get Adam into shaking on a truce. Ray leaves Clinton hanging on account of that whole numerous murder attempts rap, which really puts Clinton out. Honestly, I think Kronos wanted his value acknowledged and to maybe even form a friendship with the Adam. Or else why keep making excuses for not just killing him when he had the chance? Ray Palmer is just not a forgive and forget kind of dude. And once he decides you're not worth messing with, he ain't gonna. In one of those Simpsons predicted the future moments, when the Atom uses the branded phone of future DC overlords, that's AT&T. Reach out and touch an Australian. Actually, there's aliens working the old-timey switchboards like Ernestine going One ringy dingy. <gasps> allowing the Atom to drop his load in a cundian ear hole so deep, put his hairy butt to sleep. Also on the floor, because that cund was sitting on an office swivel chair before he passed out. This is the kind of insanity that doesn't get translated into the movies, folks. The Tiny Titan dodged a laser blast from another cund that barbecued a citadelian that had tried to grab him, then shifted his mask to hit the cund full force to lay him out. Kronos was still on the phone counting up to make sure the line was clear for the Atom. So Ray picked up the phone just long enough to tell Clinton he'd see him after the war and hung up. Okay, so this comic actually started with the Atom in the rafters of a warehouse where cuns were forcing Aussies to load a truck. The tiny tear shrank and dropped on the back of a cun's neck and that panel served as Adam's tiny cameo in the second issue of the Invasion miniseries redrawn by Todd McFarlane. Reminds me of a cartoon from one of DC's free advertorial comics that had Jason Todd on crutches complaining that his one chance to get drawn by John Byrne in his prime for Legends he got beaten by a mob and left in a cast for the rest of the event. The Adam grabbed a blaster pistol and shot another cun to the nards and the point of all this dirty pool is to show him as a no-nonsense warrior. That Amazing Heroes article I referenced last time made out like the book wasn't selling and these Invasion tie-ins were intended as a soft relaunch of the book. They had a new artist and a new attitude with the hope that the crossover would expose them to a broader audience. But again, the sword of the Atom was wet with the blood of Little, Yellow, Different, Better aliens. Why are these cut-rate Klingons getting kid gloves with little Tweety birds circling the head of that dude who Adam gave that bop in a hash of UK cliche dialogue and one guy who is clearly Crocodile Dundee. The Aussies congratulate the Adam and ask what he's doing in Oz. Like when you tell somebody how you doing and they actually stop and tell you in detail exactly how, in fact, they are doing. Ray spends five pages telling them what I told you at the start, including the part about Chrono showing the video of the aliens making their demands like the Aussies didn't see the broadcast themselves before they were literally captured by those aliens and forced to work by them. Taking a page from John Oliver, it's like dumb Inception. It's like Inception, but really dumb. 
well. You got my flashback and your flashback. The Aussies decided to put on cund armor and help the Adam infiltrate a labor camp. Should I add a U to labor when it's an Australian fictional alien labor camp? Also, why is there a superfluous U in labor, but not in the labor party? I think the UK is just pulling one over on us Yanks with their notoriously dry wit, laughing at every U and how Madonna used to try to pronounce them with her fake accent when she was married to Guy Ritchie. Also, why did people complain when Snatch was really similar to Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, but better and make Guy Ritchie self-conscious so he started remaking Italian dramas with Madonna instead of just doing more hyperactive and stylized heist movies, the thing he was actually good at. Where were we? Oh yes, Ray Palmer spinning the page telling Crocodile Dundee's origin story again. Plus a clumsy transition to Jean Loring Hoban, making her new husband Paul jealous by worrying over her ex fighting aliens. All of those theoretical new fans are going to be all over size-changing Al Bundy telling them about his four touchdowns in one game. Kronos finally made it to Cape York Peninsula by this point and used his timey-wimey aircraft to evade some Daxamites feeling themselves with new superpowers. On the ground, no matter what you think about Australians, they did not fool the cuns for a second just by wearing their armor. I remember finally back to 1988 when I first encountered the Adam shrinking and altering his density so that he could fire himself like a bullet through a cun's body. I mean, it was just the shoulder, but the Adam was like the Wolverine of non-lethal, impermanent trauma to an anonymous alien's non-vital appendage. DC Comics, there's no stopping us from being milk toast until Dan Didio turns the entire universe into a Bill O'Reilly wet dream. Tough emotions work with that tagline. It's a bit wildy and dated. Kronos reaches the base that Adam called into, then uses his time memory powers to see a flashback of the Adam narrating a flashback to when Kronos ran a tape flashing back to the aliens making their demands. Meanwhile, it's full revolt at the work camp as men in strategically torn shirts with purloined laser pistols and the aliens who had the legal right to own and carry said blasters shoot at each other until people die in a bloodless Comics Code Authority approved manner. This gets the Adam so upset that he may have caused some aliens to accidentally run into each other, which perhaps caused fatalities, but remains open to interpretation. Also, his own costume is strategically torn to show off a bit of man boob and to be easy to replicate across several guest appearances in other event tie-in titles. Oh, and Kronos finally reaches the labor camp where the Adam continues to refuse to have anything to do with him. So Kronos fires a cannon at him that turns out to be directed at a Kund aiming at Ray from behind. The Kund is aged to dust by the blast. Kill of the week goes to Kronos. Good luck with reader retention on the strength of that though. Speaking of crossovers, the Adam joins up with a host of other superheroes to attack an alien alliance base in uh, Melbourne, I think. Everybody assumes Australia is just one big Mad Max backlot, so whatever. In another flashback, but from Hawk and Dove number one, Ray is palmed by Oberon, who seems quite pleased to tower over someone else for a change. These aren't the kind of cameos that do Ray any favors. He also gets another panel in Invasion number two. Nobody thinks that Invasion was Todd McFarlane's best work, but when a paunchy red and blue beanbag goes flying past the creeper during the superheroic assault on the alien base in Melbourne, the toaster gave Adam particularly short shrift. I'll get you yet! Pals of the Atom include Baby Skeletor, Chris at Hey Hey Mr. A, Chris Dunford, Chris Lydon, Collected Edition, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, DC in the 80s, Doc Strange, Ed Moore, Fantastiverse, Firestorm Fan, Green Lantern HG, I'll Be the Light in the Dark, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Jeffrey Brown, Jim Imbruglia, King Dinosaur, Marcus Brandino, MB, Sarah Fett, Tim Price the Podcrasher, Wilfredo Rosario, and Xenozoic Xenophiles, plus Mac threw up a post on Facebook to which 
which DeBase replied, I remember this series being a lot of fun. I'll have to give it another look after I finish rereading the Grunewald Cap run. The like 11-ish year run? The preceding Adam-related program is a non-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments either on the Power of the Atom blog or at Rolled Spines Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through Commander Blanks, my personal account, or through the Rolled Spine Podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening.